Yevamos Perek Tesain Mishnah Base 16.2, and the last of this series. Again, you recall from the previous chapter, Mishnah Dalad, we said there are certain relationships in which a woman is liable to lie regarding the death of another woman's husband, um, for whatever reasons. They don't trust one another, they're ill-disposed towards each other, and therefore um, such women can't be acceptable witnesses to allow the other woman to remarry. So the bottom line there was we end up having that the women could, each one is in their own little kind of halachic bubble, and we don't take into account what the other woman says. So here in our Mishnah we have two sisters-in-law. So the family tree is you have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, and they are married to two unrelated women, Rachel and Leah. Reuven marries Rachel, Shimon marries Leah, and therefore Rachel and Leah are Yevamos, each one's a Yevimta, the other one, uh, sisters-in-law. And we said back in Mishnah the previous parak that the testimony of Rachel wouldn't be allowed to allow Leah to remarry if Rachel would testify that Leah's husband died, and vice versa. So, here what happens is, Zoomeris meis bali v'zoomeris meis bali. Each of the two women, Rachel and Leah, both say their respective husbands, Reuven and Shimon, died. So that would mean that, now, since each of these women have no husbands died without any children, and there is, or there was, a brother, each of these two women now fall to Yibum. Now if, let's focus on Rachel, for example. If Rachel could be believed that her husband died, so then that means, A, that she now can't marry somebody else. She has to first do Yibum with Shimon, her brother-in-law. And she has no information about Shimon. Now, Leah testifies that her husband, Shimon, died. But Leah can't be believed by Rachel. And therefore, Rachel can't rely on the testimony to assume Shimon's dead. So Leah is stuck. Still needs to get uh, with Zika to Shimon. And she can do nothing until we get some third party to come and testify regarding the death of Shimon. That being the case, the Mishnah says... Zum asur mipnei ba'ala shel zu. One, meaning Rachel, is forbidden to marry anybody else because of Shimon, her co-wife's husband. Vazu asur mipnei ba'ala shel zu. And similarly, Leah can't remarry because of the concern that maybe her co-wife's husband, Reuven, is still alive. And therefore, they're both stuck until we get some third-party verification that that um, the husbands have died. Now, lazu edim... Let's say hypothetically that Rachel has witnesses who corroborate her story that her husband Reuven died. So now that doesn't help her much, but it will certainly help Leah. Because now Leah says her own husband's dead, Shimon, so she now is moving on to the Yibam stage. And since there's other witnesses that say that the would-be Yavam Reuven is also dead, she can be free to go. Whereas Rachel, although she has witnesses that her husband, her own husband died, she'd need them. And as far as her brother-in-law, Shimon, she has no witnesses, so she's stuck now waiting to get third-party verification that Shimon died, and until they get that verification, she cannot remarry anybody. She has to first deal with the Shimon question. And that's what the Mishnah says here. Es sheyeshla edim, the one who had witnesses, we'll call her Rachel. So Asura, Rachel's stuck. She can marry nobody else. Ve'es la edim, as for Leah, who had no witnesses, to corroborate that her husband Shimon died, Muteris, she can marry anybody she wants because, as I said before, she there are witnesses that confirm that Reuven, her brother-in-law, died, therefore she's free to go. 
If, hypothetically, one of the two women, let's say Rachel, had children, whereas Leah didn't have children. So, of course, therefore, Rachel, who has children, when we say children, we mean her husband had children, Reuven. So, therefore, Rachel is now free to marry whoever she wants because there's no Yibam issue because her late husband has offspring. Whereas when it comes to Leah, since she has, her husband had no children, so therefore she still has the issue of doing Yibam. The one who has children, we'll call her Rachel, Muteris, she can marry whomever she wants. But the one who doesn't have children, we'll call her Leah. Asura, she of course cannot marry anybody until she resolves the Zika issue with her purportedly dead husband, dead brother-in-law, Reuven. There's no real Chiddush in that line of the Mishnah. Um, the Gemara says you might have thought some rabbinic reason why it wouldn't be the case, but it is straightforward enough, and no, no reason why not to believe it. Okay. <clears throat> Now, Niziyabmu, what if they did Yibum? In other words, so now the family tree is changing a little bit. Now the family tree is going to become these two women, Rachel and Leah, were married to these two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. But let's say there were two more brothers, Levi and Yehuda. And the two widows married Levi and Yehuda through Yibum. So now they live what would be happily ever after, except Umesuha Yabmin. But the problem is then Levi and Yehuda die and they also have no children. So now we have we're kind of back to square one in a way. We have Rachel and Leah now falling to Yibam. Um, there's no other brothers around. They're, each one had the original brother-in-law, um, which they had no confirmation that their brother-in-law died, except from their sister-in-law who can't be believed. So the Mishnah says exactly that. We're back to square one, and therefore, Asuras say It's the same as the first case of the Mishnah. Neither of these two women can now marry because we have to be afraid that we can't trust the testimony of... of um, their sister-in-law regarding the their late husbands. Rabbi Eliezer Omer Hol Vihutru Liyabmin Hutru Lachol Adam. Rabbi Eliezer says, Elazar. So Rabbi Elazar says, wait a second. The Bezdin has accepted their testimony. The women have remarried based on that testimony. In other words, they did Yibum. So Leah, we said, for example, Leah can't be believed in Rachel's world because maybe she has an agenda. That was the thought back in the previous parak. But here, Leah went on to marry. Her brother-in-law, which is a big no-no, obviously, that's an Isra Doraisa, of, of marrying your husband's brother. Um, so she kind of put her money where her mouth was. And now that fellow died. So now, since Leah and Rachel both acted on their testimony that their respective husbands had died, says Rebelazo, that should be sufficient to allow us to believe that the husbands really are dead, and therefore not make these women um, wait around, you know, indefinitely for Yibum from these two men who ostensibly are no longer alive. That seems very reasonable. However, the Chacham reject that, and the Lach is like the Chacham, because the Chacham say, listen, maybe these women are really like, you know, lying to the bitter end, and they have this attitude like this, of like Solomon, you know, excuse me, of, excuse me, of, Sh- of Shimshon, of, of uh, Samson, who said, Tamus nafshi im plishtim, you know, if I'm going to die, I'll take my enemies down with me. And perhaps that's what these women are doing also. They're lying um, to mess up their sisters-in-law and um, the fact that it's messing them up too. So sometimes people have this kamikaze nature and therefore the lach is, there's no exceptions to the rule. A woman or any of the five relationships listed in the previous, you know, 15-4, um, there's no exceptions the Rachel simply cannot rely on the testimony of Leah to establish the death of Leah's husband, uh, no matter what. 